there's a great question in the minds of men that many put forth, and that is, what is the meaning of life? You know, what's it all about? Well, friend, to me, the answer is simple, and that is to fulfill God's purpose for my life. It's easy to specify, but in the flesh, it's harder to accomplish. But until you recognize that your purpose is not to fulfill your desires, but to fulfill His plan, well, you'll never accomplish your true meaning. So how does one win this race called life? Well, join us today as we look at the life of Paul to find out. Second Timothy 4, verse number 1, it says this. It says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Verse number 6, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day that you have given us. Lord, we give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks for the opportunity to gather here uh, in your name at your house. And God, I just pray that you help us here uh, tonight. Uh, Lord, we need you. God, uh, it's all in vain unless you show up in the hearts of your people, Lord, and through the uh, preaching of your word. And God, I pray, Lord, that you engage uh, your children today. God, I ask you, Lord, that you enable your preacher. God, I ask you, Lord, that you just make this night a night that will make a difference in the lives of all uh, who will let it. I pray, God, for, uh, that you bless all of those that are downstairs. God, I pray you bless all the children. I thank you for that ministry. I pray, God, that you use it uh, to the furtherance of your kingdom. And God, to the edification of uh, those children, I pray, God, you bless the teachers and the helpers and the workers in a great and mighty way. Uh, Lord, bless them with uh, knowledge and understanding, Lord, to pass along to those children. And God, I pray, Lord, that you uh, uh, just uh, fill them with blessings uh, for being faithful to the work in which you have uh, laid out before them. And God, again, we just ask you, uh, that you help us here uh, tonight. Lord, we need you, uh, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. As I had mentioned, Paul is at the end of his ministry. He's at the end of his life. He, he, he is aware that his life would not continue much further. He's already written one letter to Timothy, and here it is, this second one, and these are kind of his parting words. He's getting ready to close out this letter. He gives them some further instruction. And then, of course, verse number 22, The Lord Jesus Christ be with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. He finishes that letter out to, uh, uh, to Timothy, and he goes on, and he, and he dies. And what he has done 
he has done. And uh, tonight I want to look at this simple concept. And uh, I, I say it's simple. I say it's simple. In reality, when you're speaking of the Christian life, it's something that can be quantified, but it's, it's more difficult. I want to speak about the concept of winning. The concept of winning. If you were to watch any football, there's various football games on today, and it's very easy to see who won and who lost in a football game. You see who had the bigger score at the end of the game, right? That is the point of uh, football games. It's the point of basketball games. It's, and so when you look at sports in that sense, that uh, it's very easy to, to speak of the concept of winning and understanding what it means. And, of course, there's always ramifications of the winners and the losers of these games. Now I want to talk about winning at the Christian life and what it takes to uh, win the Christian life. And as we look at this scripture here, we see that here at the end of his ministry, Paul makes those final words in verses 6 through 8. He says, For I am now ready to be offered, and my, the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all of them also that love his appearing. He speaks of a crown of righteousness. He speaks of a reward, a prize that uh, he is looking to get. Now, in the way I, I mark my Bible, I have a certain system in which I do it. And in, 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 in one instance, I have cause and effect. Cause and effect. I have a way that I mark the scriptures that will show a cause and the effect of that cause. And we see in verse number 7, we see the cause. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And then, of course, that henceforth, that, that uh, communicates henceforth that something was to follow because of that. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And so we see the cause. Uh, Paul fought a good fight. He finished his course. He kept the faith. And because he did all that, the effect was he was going to have a crown of righteousness. And he says, not to me only, but unto all of those that love his appearing. And that is an interesting, interesting term when you consider those that love his appearing. You know, he didn't say those that love Christ. If I were to ask every one of you that are here tonight, number one, it wouldn't take me long, amen. Number two, uh, I, I, I did not say, do you love Jesus? Do you love Christ? That's not what he said. He said, for all of those that love his appearing. So what does that mean? Um, his appearing. You know he came, right, 2,000 years ago. You know he's coming again, right? It's coming again. And it could be any time. It could be any day. Let me ask you this. How many of us are expecting it? How many of us are looking for it? And then number three, how many of us are prepared for it? How many of us really are expecting it, looking for it, and are prepared for it? You see, I believe with all my heart I fail in this, as, as most Christians do. We love Christ. But we're not necessarily prepared for His coming. We're not necessarily expecting it in the sense that it could be imminent. 
We believe, I believe mentally anyway, that it could be imminent, but we really don't expect it to be. Why? Because, you know, I mean, I've been around this world 45 years. You ain't come yet. And in so in my mind, you know, my flesh wants to say, well, well, you know, he's, I, I've, I've heard this as for the entirety of my Christian life, and then prior to that, many Christians for the last 2,000 years, if you look at uh, Paul and Peter and all them, man, they were looking for it as well. And so they were, but we have to understand, they were actually looking for it. They were looking for it, they were expecting it, and they were prepared for it. Um, I'm not sure how well we, I know me, that's convicting to me, and how well I am expecting it, anticipating it. Man, but I want to be prepared for it. I want to be prepared for it. And so I wonder how many of us could honestly say what Paul said in verse number 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I don't think that there is any Christian that knows anything about the Bible, that knows anything about Paul, who would say that Paul lost in this life, using those terms. I don't think that anybody would say, well, Paul was a loser. Now, understand this. Many of his contemporaries... Many of them that knew him in the flesh that were not Christians thought exactly that of Paul. They didn't think anything of Paul. They had nothing for him. They cared not for him. They didn't, they didn't think he was anything. But we know better, don't we? We know better. We know Paul was a winner in the Christian life. And let me say this, and let me say it emphatically. Simply finishing is not winning. This isn't a marathon in that sense. You know, if I ran a marathon, and if I came in last place but I finished, I would consider that a win. But I ain't getting no medal, <laughs> right? And I'm not going to get a medal. Finishing this life is not winning. 1 Corinthians, Paul mentions this, 1 Corinthians 9.24. He says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. People fall off into eternity every day. They leave this world and they enter the next. Lord willing, they've trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ and they're going to heaven. But I can say emphatically, if they did not, then they are not. If they did not put their trust in Jesus Christ, they're going to lift up their eyes in hell. No third option, nothing else to hope for. Either you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved, or you believe not and be damned. But as a Christian, but as a Christian, I wonder how many, when they're getting ready to leave this world, could honestly say, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course, and I have kept the faith. I would, I would say this, if that were me today, if I leave this world tomorrow, that is not my final words. I don't believe that I have been diligent in my Christian life as Paul had. 
I don't believe that I have been as faithful to the things of God as someone like Paul. I have lived my life in where I have left many things undone. Can anybody relate to that? Can anybody look at their life right now and say, man, if, 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 if it ended today, if it ended today, there were so many things, there are so many things, so many opportunities, so many abilities, so much time that I could have spent making a difference, but unfortunately I didn't. I believe we, most all of us anyway, would probably fit in that boat. So what does it mean to win in this Christian life? Let's think about the premise for a moment. Winning, I believe, in the Christian life would equal finding and fulfilling your purpose. Finding and fulfilling your purpose. I, 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 I believe that Paul was a winner in the Christian life, not because he met the Lord, not simply because he put his trust in the Lord and is in heaven today. I believe Paul was a winner in the Christian life because he met the Lord, the Lord showed him his purpose, and he set about diligently with all that was in him to fulfill that purpose. That's what Paul did. He had a, a deep desire to know what God wanted of him and to figure out that and to follow after it. That's what Paul did. We see in what he said here, in verse number 7, I have fought a good fight. Think about that terminology. Why did Paul phrase it like that? I have fought a good fight. When I think of fighting, I think of fighting, right? Yeah, men, you know what I'm talking about. When I think of fighting, I think of fighting. I think of punching something. I think of hitting something or kicking it or biting it or spitting on it or something, right? I think of fighting. That's what I think. And that's the way Paul is determining, that, that's the way he is, uh, the terminology that he's using to describe what he went through. Church, listen, the Christian life on this earth, in this environment, is a fight. It is a struggle. It communicates that, man, it is not easy. The Christian life in this world, in this life, is not an easy life. It's not an easy life. So did Paul consider that he, he won? I mean, Paul probably didn't even think of that. I'm trying to put this in terminology to, uh, to get you to understand. But, but, but Paul, what, was he a winner because he, his life was full of ease and rest? No. Paul struggled. Paul struggled. And I want you to know, man, if you do anything for God in this world, in this life and in this environment, you're going to struggle. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. He says, I have fought a good fight. Through it all, through it all, Man, there were times when Paul would get knocked down. There would be times when his brethren would turn on him. There would be times that he would struggle. There would be times he'd be cast into prison. There was times all, all these different things happened to Paul. Man, and so he was continually fighting. But throughout it all, he did not give up. He did not waver. He did not go off and take the easy road to the Pharisees. Man, he fought that fight. We see, in order to win, it took him to fight. It was a constant struggle. And then uh, not just to fight, but to finish. I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. 
Church, I don't know what your course is. I don't. I know what mine is. You know how I know what mine is? Because God reveals that unto me, and God leads me a certain direction. When I seek His uh, wisdom through His Word, and I seek His face in prayer, God enlightens me, and He helps me, and He leads me, and He lights the path in which He wants me to go. And so I know what my path is. I know what my path is. And whether I follow that path, whether I finish that path, is completely and solely my decision. It's mine. I'm going to decide whether I'm going to follow the path in which God has for me, or if I'm going to forsake it and do something else. I've made uh, a comment, you know, to various people over the, over the years that uh, the life in which I am living today is not the easiest life in which I could have. I believe with all my heart I could have an easier life. Easier life. Uh, I, I, I tell my family, I said, one of these days I'm just going to buy an RV, and I'm going to travel the country, and we're going to go sing and preach everywhere, and I ain't going to worry about, I'm not going to have to worry about people. I'm not going to have to worry about whether they care about me or not, whether they're going to listen or not. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have to worry about it, feel like I'm swinging and beating the air. I'm not going to have to worry about any of that. We're going to go, and we're going to sing, and we're going to preach, and then we're going to hit, get in the RV and go to the next town. To me, I think that would be an easier life. And you don't really understand what I mean until you kind of fill these shoes. The role of the pastor. The role of the pastor it's not an easy one. And as much as, as fun as that would be, because, you know, I, I enjoy playing music. I enjoy singing. As, as, as appealing as that sounds, that's not what God's path is for me. At least not yet. At least not yet. And so if I'm going to finish my course then I'm going to have to follow the path in which God has for me. It'd be easy to detour and go another direction. In fact, I believe that's what many Christians do. I believe many Christians, God has that path there for them. But instead of finishing their course uh, that God has for them, they seek to finish a course in which that of comfort, that of their self-will, whatever. In order for Paul to win, he had to fight. He had to struggle. He had to finish. He had to continue. Uh, he had to get to the finish line. And he says there, I have kept the faith. He was faithful. He was faithful through thick and thin. It did not matter what Paul got into. It didn't matter what city he was in. It didn't matter whose company he was in, whether it was the Jews or the Gentiles, whether it was the non-believers or if it was Peter. It didn't, really didn't matter. Uh, Peter or James, he continued on, and he was faithful in his calling. He did not waver uh, one way or the other. He was speaking with King Agrippa. I mean, before kings, before kings... Festus said unto him in Acts 26, 24, and, he, he, and as he thus spake for himself, speaking of Paul, he says, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. He was accused of being crazy. 
But he continued on. Shipwreck, he continued on. Prison, continue on. He was faithful in his calling. Winning in the Christian life is finding and fulfilling your purpose. To fight, to finish, to be found faithful in all things. That, I believe, is, is what we can see in the Scripture. That's what I believe we can see in the example of Paul. That is what I believe in, in all my mind. If you're, to, if you're to finish your course and look back at your life, it's when you do those things when you can look back and, and, and say, there's a crown of righteousness laid up for me. I did what God wanted me to do. wasn't easy. wasn't easy. But I followed it. And I finished it, and I was faithful to it. But you know, the sad thing is, some people don't even consider what it means to win at all. How many people in the Christian life, and I'm talking about Christians, we live in a crazy world today. I mean, we live in a crazy world, and I'm not talking about all the sin that permeates in everything that we do. What I'm talking about is we are so inundated. We are so busy all the time. Right? Amen? We're so busy. And we've got this to do and we've got that to do. And the end result of all of that is we take no time to meditate upon where we really are and where we really need to be. Because we're so inundated. We don't even have time. Satan wants to keep us so busy to where we can't even think about that stuff. We can't consider that stuff. I mean, here I am, 45 years old. It just seemed like it was yesterday. I was 25. It seems like just the other day. I mean, I'm going to be walking my daughter down the aisle in a, in a handful of months. And it just seems like the other day where she was just a little baby and I was cuddling her and, and, and taking care of her and leading her, taking her to her first day of school and things of that nature, man. Time goes by so fast. It goes by so fast because we're so inundated and we're so busy. And because we're so busy, we can't even contemplate the true meaning of life. We don't even take the time to consider something of such great magnitude. What our purpose is. What is our, what is our purpose? And I assure you this, that it is Satan's goal to keep you that way until you draw your last breath. God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for each and every one of us. God desires us to fulfill that purpose. You know why? Because it will bring forth fruit and it will glorify God. Satan desires for you not to fulfill your purpose. You know why? Because then God will not get the glory. He will. Who desires to be like unto God. So man, it's pretty simple. Hey, throw this in front of him. Throw this in front of him. And we never stop to take the time. We never stop to take the, take, take the time to even consider a premise as, as with as much meaning and magnitude as what does it mean to win? What does it mean to succeed in this life? It's because, like I said, it's not something that's easily quantifiable. You're not going to get at the end of your, at the end of your life and say, well, my score was bigger than his, right? Because we're not, I'm not competing against you. I'm not competing against you. You're not competing against me, so it really doesn't matter what your score is at the end of it compared to mine. 
So it's a very hard thing for us to, to contemplate, and so therefore it's easily ignored. And so I just want for, per, to uh, consider that premise. What does it mean to win? I want to next, I want to look at what many call are the common perceptions of uh, winning, the common perceptions of winning. I want to start with what is the most obvious, and that is wealth. Many people, they feel that uh, they will have won or succeeded in this life if they uh, come out on top, whatever that means, whatever that means on their, uh, on, uh, concerning their money. Successful financially. I, 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 don't, I don't know what it means. I, I don't know how you would... I don't, I don't know where the scale ends to where if you, if you have less than this amount of money when you die, you failed. But if you have more than this, you succeeded. I don't know what dollar amount that is. Do you? You know why? Because it doesn't matter. Because whatever money you, you, you have when you die, you're leaving it. It's here. Certainly not going with you. But there's so many people that are wrapped up in wealth. I think of... I thought about uh, playing the lottery. I want to address that topic real quick. Playing the lottery. Now, I, I want you to understand emphatically that, that playing the lottery is gambling. And it is sin. Let me... Let me explain that uh, for a moment. The word gamble defined as this. Means to uh, risk something of value on an outcome that depends on chance. To risk something of value to an outcome that depends on chance. If I put a dollar, five dollar, twenty dollar, whatever it is, that is something of value to buy a lottery ticket that is determined solely upon chance. And what amazes me is, what amazes me is when you have, when you have uh, the, the, the lottery amount, say it's like 25 million, I mean, psh, 25 million, that's a drop in the bucket, right? No big deal. When it's 25 million, then you don't have people playing it, man, but when it gets up to, uh, what, 900 million, something like that, then all of a sudden Christians who thought it was wrong to buy a lottery ticket at 25 million, they'll, they'll start buying them at 900 million. I hope you understand that it's wrong whether it's 25 million or 900 million, right? It's wrong. The Bible tells us in, uh, in that, it says this in 1 Timothy 6.10, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Matthew 6.24 says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one or love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. And, and so I heard this one person one time, he said, well, well, the Bible doesn't say anything about gambling. The Bible doesn't say thou shalt not gamble. You know what? The Bible doesn't actually say anything about pornography either. The Bible does not say thou shalt not look at pornography. The Bible does not say thou shalt uh, uh, not um, uh, beat thy wife. You know, or something like that. But we know through principle in which what God gives us through scripturally, those things are wrong. 
we know the principles in which God lays down. Let me give you a few here. We're speaking about wealth itself. Wealth itself. The lottery, whatever, whatever it is you want to determine, uh, it displays covetousness. Exodus 20, 17 says, Thou shalt not covet. Luke 12, 15 says, And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesses. It displays a discontent in what God hath provided. Uh, 1 Timothy 6, I'm not going to read these, but 1 Timothy 6, 6-9, Hebrews 13, 5. It displays a rejection of God's ordination uh, that the man is to work for his living. Genesis 3, 19, Ephesians 4, 28, and Proverbs 13, 1. But, you know, I mean, some people think that as long as they, as long as they have enough wealth, and, and, and if you look at the life of man, if you look at what man is continually doing, what they're setting their mind on, what they are striving after, the large part of their life, it is to gain things. But those things, those things won't matter in the long run. Some people feel that uh, if they have enough wealth, then they'll somehow have won. Some people feel that as long as they had good health, uh, then somehow they have succeeded in that. Uh, but you know, on the flip side of that, those that are sick, does that mean God has forsaken them? Having good health does not constitute winning in life because I can assure you, every one of us, our health will fail one day. Happiness. Many people feel as long as they're happy, they will have succeeded in this life. But I want you to know something. If you don't know it, it's a very interesting thing. But the Bible does not uh, speak once, not one time, about uh, us seeking after, desiring, or needing happiness. Have you ever thought about that? God does say that, uh, that He would like for our joy to be full. But there's a difference between joy and happiness. Oftentimes we're seeking the pleasures of this life and we're seeking that temporary uh, happiness. When we look at the life of Paul, Paul and Silas were there in the prison in Philippi. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite sure that uh, you'll find not too many people that are too happy about being in prison. I've not been there myself. But I can't imagine uh, that bringing a lot of happiness to people. But you know what? Paul and Silas, and even Peter, uh, Paul and Silas, they had, uh, they, were, they had joy swelling up within them so much as they were singing at midnight. When you think about Paul or uh, Peter and them who were beaten, and they rejoiced because they were able to suffer in, uh, in the name of Christ. And so happiness is not what's going to uh, bring about, you know, constitute winning in this life. Uh, and then people will point to their family. People will point to uh, friends. Uh, you know, if they have a lot of friends, then somehow they have, they have succeeded. But I, I can assure you that it doesn't matter how many people are your quote-unquote friends on Facebook. Um, that is not, that is not in any way an indication of succeeding or failing in the Christian life. Not in any way. And you consider what Jesus said in John 15. He said this, he said, If the world hate you, you know that it hated me 
before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own, but because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours, yours also. And so, and in fame, you could continue on with all of these things, but there's, there's so many different ideas about what it constitutes winning, what constitutes being a success in this life. But all of these things are fleeting. All of them mean nothing save what is done for Christ. Save what is done for Christ. So we see what many call are the common perceptions of winning. Let's lastly look at this, and that is what truly uh, constitutes winning. What, what is it in, in, its, in, in truth? Number one, we, we're going to look at the life of uh, Paul here. Look at the life of Paul. We see, number one, surrendering unto the Lord. Acts chapter 9, we see Paul meeting uh, Jesus on the road to Damascus. He says in Acts 9, 5 says, and he said, Who art thou, Lord? This is Paul speaking unto Jesus. And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told uh, thee what thou must do. And then God sent a man there unto Damascus to heal him of his sight, and uh, that he would be uh, baptized with the Holy Ghost. And but think about those words that Paul said. He said, who are you? He says, I'm Jesus. And he said, Lord, what would you have me to do? When's the last time you asked the Lord that question? When's the last time you have asked the Lord that question? Lord, what will you have me do? With an open heart... And in all sincerity, whatever the answer may be, the answer may be, uh, I want you to move to North Carolina and pastor a church. How would you feel if that was your answer? I want you to give up all that wealth and you seeking after that, and I want you to follow me. You see, a lot of times we don't look for, we don't ask the Lord that question because we're afraid of what His answer might be. But when's the last time you've asked that? If you're going to succeed in the Christian life, number one, it's going to start with surrendering unto the Lord. Just asking Him, what will thou have me do? And just as He gave Paul instruction here, He will give you instruction as well. Seeking the Lord through wisdom, through His Word, you will not succeed in this life until you dedicate yourself to the Word of God. You will not succeed in this life until you grow that communication, until you grow that relationship with unto God uh, by uh, spending time in prayer. You will not do it. You cannot. It is impossible. It is impossible, just as it is impossible for a marriage to grow and flourish without communication, it is impossible for your relationship unto God to grow and flourish without communication, without speaking to Him and Him speaking to you. It's impossible. It's absolutely impossible to do it. Absolutely impossible. There is no way 
that you can follow the, the, the will of God, that you, can be, uh, that you can love Him in this flesh, because it's easy to love the world. It's easy to love the world and the things that we know and the things that we have tangible in front of us. It's harder to love the Lord who is not abstract by any means, but He's there but not seen. He's present, but we count Him absent so often. And so it is impossible to truly understand the relationship unto the Lord until you seek His face in His Word and seek His will through prayer to serve the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I mean, speak about vanity. He said your labor is not in vain. But, but, but altogether, altogether, when we... Uh, the things that we do and, and that we dedicate ourselves to and the time in which we follow after, it's after selfish interests. It's after vanity. Solomon said it best. He says, vanity, vanity, all is va uh, vanity and vexation of spirit. Yet, in order to succeed, to win in this Christian life, it must not be serving self, but serving the Lord. And in last year, shining for the Lord. Shining for the Lord. You know how I can say with confidence that Paul won in this Christian life? It's not because Paul didn't make a mistake. I believe Paul made a great mistake. One that God warned him of when he set his face to go to Jerusalem. Paul was not perfect by any means. Paul made mistakes just like you and I. But I say, I feel unequivocally, and, and, and that's to say that we can have made mistakes, but we can also set our face uh, to do what is right, and therefore we can win in this Christian life. You will not get through this life without making mistakes. Paul made plenty of mistakes, but Paul succeeded in the Christian life, man, because Paul shone for the Lord. I mean, he was a shining light. He was a shining light unto the Lord. When we look at Paul, I mean, there's no mention... There's no mention of how much money Paul had. Paul had to mend tents all too often in order just to get by. Paul didn't have any money. Paul, there's no mention of Paul's family there, but he won. There was no mention of his money, but he won. Paul couldn't have been too happy considering all the things that he endured. When you look at the life of Paul, I mean, 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four. this is Paul speaking, and he's not boasting of this, but he's speaking about the things he endured. He says, of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes of one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck, and night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of waters, perils of robbers, perils in mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among uh, false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, and watchings often, in hunger and thirst and fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Beside all these things are without, that which cometh me upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Now I've never endured really any of that stuff in which she has uh, in which she has done but through it all all of the things in which he endured he still won he still won i don't know how many friends that uh, paul had i know he had followers of christ that he had led to the lord but I can say this emphatically. When my Lord was in the Garden of Gethsemane, 
the night before he would hang upon a cross to pay for my sins, he had not a one friend. Not a one. They all forsook him and fled. He had not a one, but I'm going to tell you what. Jesus won. Amen. Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. Jesus won. He did it without finances. He did it without friends. I mean, he, he, he is obviously our ultimate example of winning. Let me ask you this. Let me just ask you this, and I'm going to close. How are you doing in your race? How are you doing in this Christian race? If you were to leave this world today, I mean this day, it's quite possible. I hope you know that. It's quite possible. If you were to leave this world today, would you be able to say with all honesty, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there's a crown of righteousness laid up for, uh, for me, which uh, the Lord himself will give me upon his appearing. All those, and not to me only, but all, all those that love his appearing. Would you be able to say that? I couldn't today. I don't believe I can. I look back at my life, and, I, and it's not to say that, that, that I'm, I'm counting all my mistakes, but I look at the time in which I have just wasted for the Lord. Too much of it. Too much of it where I have allowed this world to inundate me with stuff that doesn't matter and cause me to be distracted uh, from the things of God. All too often, all too often. And I can't do anything about that. But you know what I can do? And it's the same thing you can do. And that is that today, today we can dedicate ourselves, we can make the decision, say, listen, I want, what I want is to be able to succeed in this life. Not by man's standards. Not by what my family thinks that would be, but by what God would think it is. I want to succeed in this life. How many of us, how many of us would want to make that decision tonight to do that? I don't know. It's the decision I can make for myself. You'll have to make yours. It's up to you.